Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, doing good, man. We've got, uh, we don't have a lot of games, mm-hmm. but. What we do have, we have a couple highlights here. We got coach comments. Yeah. We got a little coaching updates for uh, Mississippi State. And we got one outstanding interview. Carter Carls from Gigum 247 talked to Texas A&M job. This is going to be one heck of a show. You know what? It is. It is absolutely loaded. It's going to, you know, and again, we do have a lot of games. It's not a lot of marquee games, but. You never know, Mike. You just never know what's going to happen in these matchups, and we've been we've been pushing that upset narrative for so long that we've almost think that it's not going to happen. But, buddy, I've given up on it. He's given up <laughs> on it. Well, maybe we'll use it next weekend when it's when it's rivalry weekend. But, but dude, there, I, I still think there's going to be some great games uh, Saturday. Uh, we're going to be at one of those Tennessee Georgia matchups. So. And that spread keeps moving around. I don't know. It's kind of like, what's Vegas know that I don't, you know? Mm. What What has the – I haven't even been paying attention. It's down to Shane. 10 now. Ooh. Yeah. What do they know? I'm just saying. That's two scores. I like that, you know? <laughs> that's not what people are expecting is right. what I'm saying. So I got you. You know, it, it sounds like it, it, it possibly – I mean, because Vegas is never wrong. Could be a <laughs> hell of a game. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, brother. And we do. we got some great action in this interview that's coming up. Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting flight tracker information from everything out of Oregon. Uh, you know, we're keeping up with a lot of those guys there at Mississippi State. So it's always good to kind of have a little bit of an inside look into it. Yeah. Well, uh, you hit the nail on the head, Shane. It's coaching season. So let, let's start. Again, we'll go into that with Carter on A&M mm-hmm. in a minute. Uh, but Mississippi State, I don't know if you saw these comments, Shane. I'm about to play them via uh, Sirius XM radio. But uh, Dan Mullen, of course, now ESPN analyst. A lot of people wondering, could he return to Mississippi State? He was asked that directly. And you never know. I mean, these coaches, they say one thing, they do another. But it's pretty interesting, Shane. It's always a great honor when your name gets mentioned with stuff. And I know the people of Mississippi are so special and hold a special place in my heart. So, um, you know, that's... As as I always say, you never say never uh, when those things go on. And I've had a lot of people. I, I haven't spoken to anybody administratively with Mississippi State. I've talked to all kinds of the fans and friends and people that we love in Mississippi. Say, please, are you you know, or like as as you see all over the place. Um, but you know, I like I you never say never hmm. uh, going back. But I don't I don't know if. It's. I don't know if this is the time. It's, it's kind of like yes and no. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> how interesting, Shane. Very so, interesting. <laughs> so is he interested? Is he not? I don't know. But I, I think he's kind of – I think he's kind of – to me, this kind of says he may be interested in coaching again, but I don't think Mississippi State. Yeah. It's, I, obviously, Dan is going to get back into it. Um, and, and nothing against his TV time. I think he's he's doing a good job there, but – you know, football needs him, and I and I think he finds his way back onto the field here, and it may not be with Mississippi State, but 
why slam that door shut when you can s- close it slowly? You know. Right. So I think and one thing to, to think, Shane. I always hear these coaches when they get up there and they're mm-hmm. they're out of the game. Yeah, TV's nice. He's getting paid. He's on ESPN. Like, I'm yeah. sure that's that's a great gig. No pressure. Making. I have no idea what he's making, but I'm sure he's. I, when I was at NFL, Shane. Yeah. Uh, remember, like Maurice Jones Drew, mm-hmm. uh, former running back. And then he got on. He was not the name. I don't think that like Dan Mullen is. Yeah. Of course, it was different, but he got hired on, and this was like ten years ago. Starting salary. Take a ballpark guess. This is a hundred percent true. I have no idea. You you won't even take a guess what they pay one of these analysts. And keep in mind, brand new, no no experience. Of course, he was good, but um, like on TV. Yes, sir. On on NFL. This is I saw his contract. I don't know. Hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. Sure. And again, so they're probably paying some of the bigger name people even more. more. You know what I mean? So I I just throw that out there because I, I have no idea, but I have to imagine Dan Mullen's making at least that I would have but to it's, think. But again, it's grueling, you know? I mean, just even doing a podcast, it? you know, it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's nonstop. There's never, you can't take time off, you know? Mm. And, and I'm not saying that, I mean, he, that was the rumor. He took a few times off during recruiting, you know, so right. that maybe that's what he didn't want to do. But, but again, I, I think it's just a different, it's a different animal and, you know, it's just staying on air and, and, and always, I don't know. I, a lot of these coaches don't like getting on, on the mic, you know, so yeah, uh, they don't stay on there long if they want to get back into the coaching world. That's right where I was going to go because I, I was, that's what I was thinking. I, yeah. He's probably making bank. He's no pressure free, but if you, you, the longer you stay away, the harder yeah. it is to get that job. Yeah. You're removed from glory years at Mississippi state. When he got to Florida, he was sensational. Right. I mean, immediately they turned him around. Yeah, and they were they were winners the whole time till the very end. So and, and ads again, you want to, you don't want to like I said, slam the door on somebody because uh, what's his name, Zach? What's what's the right AD? Uh, no, the ad Zach Selman. Selman. You know, he's very, I mean, he's a young cat, very energetic. And who knows? He may this may not be his last stop. You know, he may right. somewhere else. And then all of a sudden. There's something Dan needs, and you know he remembers this conversation that we had. So that, I mean, it's a it's a small fraternity, the these ads and coaches yeah. and stuff like that. So you got to be careful how you handle it, but you also got to be careful how you're handling it on TV. And one thing Dan's getting better at is handling it on TV. Well, speaking of Zach Selman, Shane, you know who one of his best friends is? Yeah, oh <laughs> Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer asked about the Mississippi State job. Here's what he had to say. Shane, it's that time of the year. Your names come up at Mississippi State because of your past career there and your family connection there in Starkville. Any comment on that? And now it seems like schools are dismissing coaches because of that important December signing day to kind of shore things up. Is that a good trend for the for 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 this game these days? As a acting coach that wants to not get fired, no, it's not a good trend, um, <laughs> particularly during the season. So, no, I don't like that trend. I hate to see it for Jimbo. I hate to see it for Zach. And you realize that's part of it when you when you get into the profession. But I also understand. I mean, I know I got hired two years ago, and it was crazy because I got hired, whatever it was, the second week of December. And it's a week or ten days before signing day. And – and you got the portal and everything else you're dealing with. And when, when uh, someone makes – when a school makes a change, you automatically see – it's like 
sharks in the water with transfers and things like that as well. So I get it, part of it. And then as far as Mississippi State, uh, I understand the connection. Uh, wife is from Starkville, Mississippi State grad. I spent three years there, not to mention that Zach, their athletic director, is one of my best friends in the entire world. In fact, the night before I interviewed for this job, we spent Thanksgiving with he and his family and and uh, he and I talk regularly and got a ton of respect for him. And he's doing an awesome job in Starkville. But, no, this is where I want to be and love Columbia and want to be here for a long time. And and uh, said when I got hired that this was my dream job and still feel that way. And in my mind, we're just, just getting started here. All right. So <laughs> I'm just saying Shane Beamer, all these connections. But, no, I mean, this it's denial season. Yeah. Can't take anything these guys say seriously. He, he could be the Mississippi State coach. Yeah. Two weeks from now. Yeah. And we'll be running this clip back. But he did deny it pretty strong here, I thought. He did. He did. But, you know, money talks and bullshit walks. You <laughs> yeah. know? It's like, uh, we were always wondering if maybe this, because that was the name, one of the names that popped out quickly, if it right. was maybe a, uh, an opportunity for them to, you know, strengthen his, his contract at, at South Carolina. But again, don't. I'm not ruling it out because who knows how these next two weeks play out and, you know, the conversations. I mean, these, these, I mean, they, they have damn Thanksgiving dinner together, you know, so mm-hmm. there may be some backdoor <laughs> shenanigans going on here. So I, I don't know. I'm not ruling it out completely, but I think Beamer's where he needs to be right now. Yeah. Well, speaking of backdoor shenanigans, Shane, that's what Tennessee's going to need to beat George. I feel <laughs> like. So let's, uh, let's talk about this game. We got, Comments from uh, Kirby and Josh Heupel, but uh, let's start with Kirby. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, you know, I'm not, I've not heard Kirby talk like this in a while. Just be huge win over Ole Miss. Yeah. People like you and I thought that would be a competitive game. They win it by <laughs> damn near 40 points. Number one in the playoff. They're feeling themselves. Lack of focus down there in Athens. Uh-oh. Kirby, when a team's coming off not their best outing like Tennessee last week, is it harder to get the attention of, of your guys to you know, show them uh, the challenge that it might be given? Like last year they came in here as the number one team in the rankings. It was today, but I don't know if it was because of that. I don't know what it was because of. They, they must be feeling themselves a little bit. I'm you know, a little disappointed. I don't think it has anything to do with Tennessee. I think it's just disappointing practice we've had about five really good Tuesdays in a row and they were not good today you talked a good bit yesterday about Tennessee's run game and they're one of the most explosive in the country statistically what is it about the run game that allows them to be so explosive well it's the it's the backs it's the commitment to the run it's the spacing of the receivers you know they're not playing in a phone booth they're playing in a uh, big farm field I mean, they got everybody spread out. So when a run spits, it's going to go for a long way before somebody else gets to it. So your ability to tackle and fit runs is exposed at a three times the level. And they all almost always have a good box count, meaning they got a hat on a hat and they're at an advantage. Um, you have to, you have to, a man has to whip another man to be able to to stop the run against them. And sometimes you don't do that. All right, Chase. So ooh, maybe that's why the line keeps jumping back and forth. Comments like this, Tennessee, her, you, you know, your pride is hurt. Elite home field advantage. You know, they, what have they won, like 10 games in a row, something yeah. like that at home? Uh, of course, Georgia's won a lot more <laughs> just in general. But uh, I don't know. When you hear thought 
comments like this from Kirby. Is it, does it give you that hope? Of course it does. Mike. <laughs> After I heard these, I put out the, the, the infamous tweet. How bad do you think Tennessee's <laughs> going to win? So no, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on this one. Kirby, you know, he, he knows how to motivate this team and, and clearly he is not liking the, the, the effort he's seeing with his boys because he, he made a point to say, Hey, last few weeks, seven weeks, it's been great yeah. on Tuesday, but this Tuesday practice totally different. So you know, he knows what he's walking into. Knoxville's forget the the records and all that stuff. It's it's a tough place to play, like you said. They got the streak now of home wins. Um, you know, so I it's, I'm not penciling it in like a cupcake game like everybody else wants to do, because you just never know, man. Anything can happen, uh, any given Saturday. So and and Kirby has been on the receiving end of coming into Neyland thinking he was going to win yeah. and walking away to, with a defeat. So it's it's not his first rodeo. And you know, one thing about this game, it's it's like the pressure's off Tennessee. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think he's ever lost in Neyland Stadium as a player. Oh, got, I got <laughs> yeah. you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. No, but but what I'm saying on, on that end is is you know the pressure's off Tennessee. You know, the pressure yeah. was on, like, we got to win this. We got, we can't, Georgia needs to lose to Ole Miss. There's a chance. It's like, now it doesn't matter. You know, the pressure's off. So maybe we don't see the conservative play calling we've been seeing and, and kind of criticizing here. And then same thing with Georgia. They lose. They're still going. They're still going to a college football playoff. They're still going to an SEC championship. This is a, not a must win. So, how does that impact this football game? Because clearly Kirby thinks it's it's impacting his players. Do you think Tennessee's got anything to prove in this game? Because the way the last one ended, it was kind of kind of pathetic. I thought what, maybe yeah. that's too strong a word, but just lack of focus, lack of effort, something hypo kind of even noted here in the press conference. You said post game that you were disappointed with the way that that the team finished. Yeah. What, what did when you watched it on tape? What did you see? And what did you mean? In terms of that, was that one specific drive, or was it just the whole just quarter? The, the what last was couple, it? Last couple of drives, um, you know, going back and watching, watching it, I, a lot of them did continue to to play hard. I just didn't think we played very smart at the end of it. So, was disappointed. It's, it's a massive opportunity. You can change the narrative. This this is the weekend they have circled for the recruiting count. Yeah. They got all these recruits coming in. Uh, suddenly, I mean, I, I know we offend Georgia when we. Even suggests it could be a competitive ball game, but I mean, this is a better win than beating Alabama last oh, yeah. year. If if you yeah. can beat two time national champion undefeated, hadn't lost in damn near three years. Alabama last year, we said there's a shot. You know, nobody's saying that this week, and 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 I think that's except for me, maybe some <laughs> maybe some other idiot ball fans out there. You know, that think that on um, there's an outside shot, but you want to talk about just. It's not so much about this team last year and this year. You know, I think this is more about this locker room for the Tennessee Balls that they want to prove to everybody that they didn't take a massive step back and that this isn't a class that people criticize for the next few years and overlooking and penciling in who's quarterback next year and stuff like that. This isn't a next season Tennessee, which it's always been. You know, I think I think there's a lot of seniors in this locker room. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of seniority that's going to step up and say, "Hey, man, this this class still can be special. If we close out and we and we win these final two games, they're going to be talking about us. You know, maybe not in the college football playoff realm, but they're going to they're still going to you know help. They help build this program to where it's at now. Yeah, 
Well, one program that's building up, Shane, is the Missouri Tigers, <laughs> Shane's 10-win club here. And, man, a lot on the line here, coming off a big win. Mm-hmm. Florida's still, they're, they're fighting for their, yeah. their bowl lives. Don't win this one. You're, you're down to a must-win against Florida State in the season finale at home. But, uh, you know, Mizzou, you got to keep that momentum. Yeah. Start, they're in the New Year's Six picture now, but they can't afford a loss. Thoughts on uh, Mizzou, Shane, who, oh, Eli, Cody Schrader, the self-made man. I like those comments, and they've they've turned it into a, a home field advantage now. When we did our home field advantage rankings in the offseason, very low on the list. Yeah. They're they're moving up, I think, fifth I, I fifth consecutive sellout. If they've sold this one out, I, I apologize if I missed that. I know it was four last week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they've sold this one out, too. So five sellouts in a row. You know, the only home game they lost is LSU, and that that was went down to the wire. Right. Um, you know what? What do you think? You think drinking company can make us a, an elite home field advantage like that? He said that was clearly one of the goals. You know, one of our uh, I've, I've referred to this a few times, but our core value always compete to do it better than it's been done before is each year we kind of pick a few things like what have we not accomplished here before and let's shoot that for that as a goal and it's been hey let's consistently sell out Faro let's make Faro a home field advantage let's do you know let's get that um, um, you call it field field storming game win and we've been able to do those those things so far this year um, and, and some of these freshmen, you know, like KD and JC and Ennis and Harrison, their first experience at Faroe was COVID. So, I mean, we were always in a 20,000 capacity crowd. And then the next year, you know, we, we didn't have uh, quite the success that we needed to early in the year to really engage the fan base. And even last year, you know, I think about Georgia was an awesome environment, but it wasn't a sellout. And now we've got those sellouts and that streak going. So I think it's been pretty cool. Um, that they've built it to what it is now. <laughs> I think so. I really do. And but you got to be careful, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of backpatting going on. You know what I'm saying? There's right. a lot of looking in the rearview mirror and talking about how how great Schrader was last week and mm-hmm. how great the home field was last week and how great the win over Tennessee was last week. You get caught looking back, you you miss what's coming up on you. And, you know, that's exactly – you want to talk about Tennessee, that's exactly what they did when they went down to Florida and got curb stomped. You know what I'm saying? So you can't take your foot off the gas. This is a program, say what you want, kind of went toe-to-toe with LSU as well and and has an opportunity to derail everything You know, and deflate the balloon. You know, you're on cloud nine right now, but you are not at the top of that mountain. To get a 10-win season – you got to stay dialed in, and it's that whole cliche one week at a time. They've got to get back on it. I mean, it's it's you're listening to this, and it's going to be Thursday, and they're still talking about the damn Tennessee game. Yeah, don't do that because Florida will beat you if you're not careful. It's it's much easier to be the hunter than the hunted. Yeah, and absolutely, Mizzou's going to find out at the end. You know, with Florida and, and Arkansas, they're they're, they're going to be favored, mm-hmm. and these are two teams that that, that don't like each other, Florida mm-hmm. and. In Arkansas, they don't like Mizzou, so I think a lot on the line. And we'll, you know, they they got something to prove even this week to me. But the other side, Shade, they've really got something to prove here. Billy Napier <laughs> lost 
four, three four-star uh-huh. commits yeah. since Saturday's loss. And, I, you know, I don't think it's because they lost to LSU, yeah. but uh, clearly these guys were – and when one of them to Georgia. One mm-hmm. of them was flipped to Georgia, so that makes it double painful here. But, uh, man, things, things are rocky right now. We'll get to the questions here. We, got, we even got some people questioning his job. But uh, let's kick it over to Billy real quick. He's asked about the timeline for this thing <laughs> and, and just the expectations and all this. But uh, these are not the questions you want as a year two cut. It's supposed to be positive. It's supposed to be right. building. And, and it kind of seems like the media is wondering, when is this, uh, when's this going to kick off here, Billy? To that, you, you've gotten resources commitment clearly. What's your confidence in the time commitment for, with Florida? I mean, you're in the middle of it. Do you, do you feel confident in the timeline absolutely yeah i mean i think um we knew it wasn't gonna be easy you know um and look i think you have to go into it i mean you know you're you develop um a skill set you know you're equipped you know these same things i'm talking about relative to our players I can tell you I wouldn't be up here without going through a lot of tough stuff to some degree, right? So you're equipped with faith. You're equipped with um, discipline, you know, your ability to come up with solutions. And you got to be tough-minded. You know, you got to have endurance. you got to be able to persevere. Um, you got to surround yourself with really good people, you know. And I think ultimately, um, you know, it's not like you thought we're going to run the table the first year. And, you know, I mean, it's just it, it is what it is. Right. So I think we have to continue to be action oriented, solution oriented. Um, and and I do believe in what we do and how we do it. You know, I mean, I think there's a, there's always adjustments that are required. Uh, but we have tremendous leadership here. Uh, top down we have great resources this is a, we have a tremendous product to sell um, this place has done it before uh, and I'm I'm firmly confident that we're capable of doing it again really has the portal changed do you think the patience that schools have with their coaches because there's so many players coming and going and how does that change perspectives do you think on on patience with coaches you know I I think it's just more it's more coverage right it's more drama um, you know I think it's just another element to strategy right relative to what you're going to do you know I think um, and it's new right so there's not a, a huge sample size of evidence relative to what works and what doesn't work um, so um, I do think that you know our game continues to evolve and it's important that you keep up you know I do I think there's an element to that, you know. Um, but ultimately, we've got conviction about how we do it. We're gonna, we're gonna do. I think it's much like the National Football League. In my opinion, you're talking about you want to build your team through the draft, you know, and you want to uh, each off season you're evaluating the depth on your team, the impact players, the immediate. Where do you need immediate presence? And that's the NFL free agency model, right? So I think we're living in a world that's very much the same, you know. So you throw NIL into that equation, and now you're you're living in a salary cap model, right? You know, 
Um, the problem is we have no contracts. You know, our drafted players have no contracts. You know, I'd like to know that we had them for four or five years. Uh, so the instability, um, you know, I think is magnified, you know. Um, and I think that when since when have college fan bases been patient? Okay, that's what I'd like to know, right? So, um you know, everywhere I've been, the fan base is impatient in my life. You know, and, and I've got two brothers that are high school coaches. My dad coached high school football. All right, Shay. So, I mean, again, fair or not, I don't know. But uh, th- these questions coming at Billy and, um, as we're kind of skidding for the second year in a row to end a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're asking the tough questions because the tough questions need to be asked. And, and I know, you know, patience is a virtue, but – it's not in college football. And, yeah. you know, even the analogy of the NFL, you know, going into a year three, mm-hmm. there should be optimism. You know, what's what's the optimism of Florida Gators right now? You know, your quarterback's not going to be there. Probably your running backs, I'd, I'd imagine maybe, you know, one of them. Is that right? I think ETN will be ETN's back. ETN's going to be back, but is is Johnson, you know? I mean, he could, but I think he'll probably go pro if he I mean, gets he has, a good grade. has an know? opportunity, you know. Uh, so what does this wide receiver room look like? Was it, you know, right. So it's one thing to say, okay, hey, we're building something, but what what are we looking at year three? Are we going into year three saying, okay, finally we made it? You know, this is the year that this class takes over and all of a sudden Florida's just this dominant force that they've always been. And right. I, I think that's that's what where I have the hesitation because you can hang your hat on a recruiting class, but a recruiting class isn't going to fix your problem next year. Transfer portal will, you know, if you can go out there and get that. But have we do we have a large track record of Billy just nailing it in the in the transfer portal? You know, so mm. I don't know. I, I'm 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 up and down here, Florida. I'm I'm yeah. I'm piling on you a little bit right now because you're at the tail end of the season. You don't have a secured bowl game, and then you're up here saying the same old bullshit about hey, being patient and blah blah blah. Whatever you know. Year three, I have no optimism right now for the Florida Gators. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd argue if I if I could, but that's kind of where I'm at too. You yeah. know what? All right, uh, what about this final one? I mean, I think there's some real bad blood that neither one will kind of admit well, to it. Can I, on the Missouri uh, one, just if we yes, could sir. go back on that one. I just, Missouri has an opportunity for something very special, something that's not been done there ever that I can remember. You know, they have an opportunity to not just close out a 10-win season, but do it in a deciding fact. I mean, they have an opportunity to blow the doors off these next two games. They're top then, 10 right now. I, I'm telling you, they're right there. And I'm even getting uh, DMs, and I'm sorry, I won't mention who you are, but they've got the scenario on how they can still get into the college football <laughs> yeah. playoffs with all the stars <laughs> lining up. You know, that's the optimism I want looking ahead. You know, so I got onto them a little bit early, but, you know, and coach, they all listen to this show. They know, they know, they're big boys. And they've they've all put out the Cody Schrader tweets and 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 all the all the DMs and stuff have been fantastic, but to win a Heisman, you got to keep winning and go out there, build off what we did last week, and, and finish this season strong. If this if this is a tight ball game, nobody's going to be talking about Cody Schrader at the end of the game or at the end of the season. If they beat Napier, will uh, will Eli troll? Really like you rightfully did. so. Josh, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe not to. The, well, not to. I, I love the Dan Mullen that you mentioned. You know the, yeah. that was good. 
I'm not saying it can't fire back back up, but no, I. But but the Florida Gators is. It reminds me of that deer on. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's that Chris Farley movie where that they hit that deer and they put it in the back? You know, <laughs> it's like just put it down and all of a sudden it just comes back alive. You know, and it creates havoc. That's that's kind of what Florida Gators are. It's like you can go ahead and put it down and and not have to worry about it. Or if not, you can be going sixty miles an hour and that damn thing's going to come back alive. Tommy boy, classic. Tommy boy, yeah, yeah. All right, how about uh, – I think there's some bad blood here, Shane. They won't admit it. Kentucky, South Carolina. I mean, this is the other SEC matchup. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Stoops, not exactly the same as Napier, but he's getting asked, you know, Mizzou's building, mm-hmm. South Carolina building. Does that hurt you? They they hate all the yeah. South Carolina hype and all this bullshit. And uh, he was asked specifically about Shane Beamer. I don't know. I don't know where you got that. I don't know where you're getting that. Who the but, hell are you talking to? <laughs> Let's kick Ain't it my there. friend. Ain't my friend. <laughs> Mark, a lot of coaches don't like coaching against their friends. Uh, rumor has it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, the relationship you have with Coach Beamer, there's a little bit of an edge to it. Uh, does that add any additional spice? To, I, have, to I have no idea where you would get that information from. That I mean, I have no clue where that would come. I I mean, I don't feel that way. Maybe he does. I don't know. You have to ask him. Uh, but I don't feel that at all. It's another game, and uh, we need it for our university, for our players. There's zero to do with me and Shane. There's still a lot. Mark, over the past couple of years, you've, you've had your fair share of victories against programs like Missouri and, and South Carolina, and yet it seems like this year, uh, the success of those programs is what your critics use as a primary ammunition against you and your program. Is, is that fair in, in your mind? It, it doesn't. You know that I, I don't don't take this the wrong way. I mean, I, I don't care. I spend zero time thinking about that at all. I mean, zero. I mean, Eli and I are friends. I you know I talk to him. You know, and I mean, look, last year he was. Enduring a lot more pressure than I'm enduring right now, right? I mean, he was getting a lot, you know, and he's having a heck of a year. And now, now I'm picking his brain. Hey, man, what are you doing? What you know what I mean? What's going on? Because we don't play him next year, you know. So, um, you know, he's done a heck of a job. And you know, all of us are built that way. I mean, we're not. I mean, I I can't speak for everybody, but I mean, if you're successful in this league and hang around for a while, you know, you're going to have thick skin. You're going to take it, you know. Don't, that's why I never get too excited. I mean, have you ever seen me really, really excited after a win? You know, I know it's about seven days till I get a dart thrown right back in the middle of my <laughs> chest. So, I mean, that's why I don't get overly, you know, I get excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for my players. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the coaches. But I don't ever get too high and I don't ever get too low. All right, so, I mean, this sounds to me like a man who don't want to admit he don't like the other guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you will hear Beamer here in a minute, but – I, I feel like Mark hates Beamer more than Beamer hates Mark. And I don't know if you're if you're yeah. kind of picking oh, yeah. up on that, but this game's got a little extra mustard to it, and it has the last two years, and and even last year, you know, it felt a little. I mean, it wasn't. Will Levis was out, you know, so there was a whole bunch of other factors floating around this thing. But I think that kicking him while he was down has just kind of amplified this one as well. So I'm pumped up about this game. I think this may potentially be the best game. A yeah. Saturday. Yeah, and so here's Beamer on how competitive and physical this game always is, and he's even asked about the sunglasses, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Shane, the last two years versus Kentucky has been a pretty competitive game. How important is this game? And especially, you know, there's a lot going into this game. And also, you got to stay focused because you know who you got next week. Yeah, we're not thinking about anything beyond this week. We got enough to enough on our plate with Kentucky. No, it's just the way the game is. I mean, I just know in my two years here, two years ago it was, what, 16 to 10 and was a slug fest for four quarters. And last year was 24-14. And we had a huge turnover on the first play of the game and a blocked punt. So I think our players understand, like, when you play Kentucky, that's who they are. And it's going to be a physical four-quarter war. And um, offense, defense, and special teams, all three phases, you know, are going to be equally critical this week like they always are, but especially against these guys. And and uh, they have our, you know, utmost respect. I've got another hard-hitting question for you. Talk to me. Um, can you confirm or deny whether or not you'll bring some sunglasses with you <laughs> to the stadium on Saturday? I, I think my son has those glasses, so i got to ask him if he has them uh, as well. I will not be bringing them, though. Now, uh, we need to play well. And, again, that was fun last year and all that as well. But last year was last year and and um, two new teams, but two two – Two good teams going at it on Saturday. Yeah, and I think you hit on something there important, Shane. But uh, I really think, you know, these outside of these fan bases, not a lot of people will be paying attention. Well, they may because the games are so weak on Saturday. But I think the loser of this game is going to face some intense criticism. Yeah. Because Kentucky has owned South Carolina up until last year, mm-hmm. and they, their quarterback obviously wasn't. So that's what they say. But that's a valid – I mean – Damn hard to win without your starting quarterback. So uh, that that I think Kentucky needs this because mm-hmm. they don't want to. It's it's all about staying ahead of. I know the East is going away, but it's it's you know that's why I, I thought like Tennessee losing to Florida was bad because Heupel's in year three, Napier's in year two. Mm-hmm. Now that didn't sustain itself, but you you always want to have your program ahead of of the up and comers, yeah. so to speak. So it's important for Kentucky. On the same end, South Carolina, obviously, bowl hopes, home game, night game. Yeah. You're losing these. Again, I'm not saying put Beamer on the hot seat, but fans are going to be like, by God, we can't beat this Kentucky team at home, at yeah. night, late in the season. I think there's going to be some very, very tough questions for the losing coach of this game. Yeah. And and, and maybe that's where we're at with both of them because I think both of them potentially could be looking ahead. You know, you got Clemson and uh, Louisville. Those are two big games all of a sudden. And, you know, you got South Carolina still fighting for that damn bowl opportunity. I mean, they can't lose. Can't Cannot lose. Um, but I don't know. This just seems like, like this is a little bit, I don't know, kind of feels like Missouri-Tennessee, the coaches, kind of pissed at each other and doing little things back and forth. And, and, and I expect – a little bit of that on the field, you know. There's not they're not going to hold back anything in this game. So, um, but there's a lot of pressure because, like you said, both of these fan bases are expecting the win. They're they're not worried about this week. They're worried about Clemson or they're worried about Louisville because they beat Kentucky just like they did last year. And Kentucky saying the same. There's no reason we should have lost last year. We're definitely going to kick their ass. We're favored this week, you know. Right. So. I think that's kind of where we're at as a fan base, and if you drop it, then you're naturally going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a break from the show, Shane, to remind the audience we're brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. Put in that promo code, that 
S-E-C-T-H-A-T-S-E-C over at MyBookie Online Sportsbook, and they're willing to give you a $200 cash bonus today to ride with the professor, fade my picks. Uh, can't wait. <laughs> there, There's a... Damn, I don't know how to make a joke out of that. <laughs> but trust us. You bunch of clowns. <laughs> Head on over to MyBookie today. Uh, mybookie.ag today. Put in that promo code. That SEC is the number one way to help the show this football season. But we really, really would appreciate it. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch. 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co. And use promo code that SEC T H A T S E C for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game time is the place for the last minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code THATSEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem THATSEC for 20 bucks off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now back to the show. All right, let's get uh, into some mailbag questions. How's that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, how about uh, Steve on Twitter, Shane? How likely is it that Jimbo or Bobby Petrino are the next Arkansas coach? And first of all, I just got to say, we got to stop hyping up Jimbo. I mean, yeah. we, we've never hyped him up in the last yeah. four years, but no, he's awful. Yeah. And, and if you're hiring Jimbo, you might as well keep Sam Pittman because, I, hell, I think Sam Pittman's just as good as Jimbo. Yeah. I think Jimbo at least takes a year off. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. I, I think – just kind of getting your name out of the headlines is not a bad deal. Now, Bobby Petrino is interesting. I, I, one of the funniest videos I saw was it was a, a cartoon of somebody trying to sneak back into uh, uh, UNLV down there, you know, see if his job's <laughs> still open. But um, I, I, I think Petrino lands a job, not a head coaching job, yeah. not in the SEC. But um, if this project would have worked, that was the most interesting hire in this offseason because I do think that it could have been a launch pad to to a team like Mississippi State or something like that. But unfortunately, since the project failed, yep. he's going to have to re- reboot somewhere else. All right, how about uh, Jay Mosley on Instagram, Shane? Will Florida make a bowl game? Mm-hmm. And if so, are they more likely to win at Mizzou or at home against Florida State? Hmm. Right now I say no. Uh, I'm and and I say no. Let's say seventy five percent. 
And so that gives you 25% shot there. I, I would say your closest bet out of the two is Missouri right now yeah. because of what I said earlier, the, the them looking behind and not ahead of. I mean, you have an opportunity there. You, you're playing good ball. I'm not saying Florida's playing bad ball because they're not. They're just – they're just playing it against the wrong teams. You know, if they were playing right. earlier, they did this against Arkansas like they played last week. They've already had the bowl game locked. And I, I think to your point, what's killing them is their defense. Mm-hmm. And that's the strong part of Mizzou. Yeah. And the the offense, obviously. And then uh, I think Florida State, too, with, the, with, with their quarterback and their receivers. There's just awful matchups. Yeah. Florida State, I mean, they've – they're gonna yeah. they're gonna look back at that Arkansas game for sure as we blew it. You know, absolutely. All right, and then well, and look what the quarterback did. You know, I, I, you thought Jaden Daniels ran all over you. Part two's coming. You know, right. so yeah. In the next two weeks, you, if you hate mobile quarterbacks, you're gonna hate the next two games. <laughs> and on the other end of the spectrum, shade Michael Riley on YouTube. Yeah, he's also a Gator fan. He's, he's Called in, he was the guy that called in from the wedding. Yeah, profanities yeah. galore. If Florida loses out and they drop out of the top ten in recruiting, does Billy stay for another year? Uh, so I mean, that's that's on the other end of the spectrum. But I think even if they lose out and they drop out of the top ten in recruiting, I still think he's he's coming back. Yeah, I, I think there's yeah. I think there's a ninety percent chance to ninety five unless. Unless they lose by like forty points this weekend and and forty points to Florida State, like I think it's, it's the fashion that they lose if they lose. But now I'm I'm kind of with you here. It seems like year three is like that magical number, right? Like if you don't figure it out by then, then you know I'd be interested to look at his contract and see how that plays out. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there's some buyout stuff there. How about at Wardy on Instagram, Shane? Is Mark Stoops the Kentucky version of Gus Malzahn? Can get you eight wins or so, but never the big ones. Hmm. You know, it's so funny. Jimbo Fisher was is had the highest buyout. The second one was Gus Malzahn, <laughs> and they're talking about bringing him back. You know, it's like oh, the short term memory loss. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I think Gus inherited a great program and squandered it. And and I don't think that's – you could say the same about Mark. Yeah, and he was kind of like a flash in the pan. I mean, that's maybe yeah. not fair because they were somewhat consistent. But, the, but well, not consi- – I mean, they were wildly inconsistent from, yeah. from one year to another. Low expectations, they'd be really good. Mm-hmm. High expectations, they'd be really bad. At least Mark Stoops, he's getting you seven wins minimum yeah. every year at Kentucky, which should not – Considering how strong the SEC is, that should not be looked down upon. And I know yeah. I give him a hard time, but hell, we're we're Tennessee guys. We know you fire, you know your longstanding coach who's consistent. Yeah, that the grass ain't always greener, and Florida's found that out. Yeah, uh, I mean many many of these programs. You LSU is you and, know, and this is a quarterback league. And look what Gus did with quarterbacks i mean yeah none of them were his that were good and then the one that was went to oregon to be good you know so it's like you know you have to have and and mark it seems like he's been able to find more out of less and i think that's why people are so high on him and myself included so yep yeah how about uh go hogs 92 shane big fan of the show on mm-hmm. youtube 
Is Sam Pittman coaching for his job, or has the decision already been made behind the scenes? And mm. and I would be, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't get let go on Sunday. Uh, not that I wanted that to happen, but just the the way Saturday went down. But I think if I think Hunter Yurichek is a good enough AD to know if you've already made the decision, you got to just make it. Yeah. So I don't think he. I don't think the decision has been made. Now that doesn't mean Sam Pittman's coming back, but. I think they're going to let this play out. See, see how it goes Saturday. See how it goes against Missouri. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's looking good for him. But if he can pull an upset here, I think Sam Pittman's coming back. Yeah, I think it's a different approach, man, and maybe a little bit of a dead man walking scenario here. Um, I, I, I think FIU obviously dropping that one would escalate things, but I'm. I truly think that after the Missouri game is is when we're going to hear the the bad news, and so I mean it, it's that's the nature of this game, Mike. And yep. I may be wrong, and they may give them another, like you said, give them an, uh, another year, and uh, we may look back and say he was a great, you know, he was damn close, you know. But yep, um, I don't know. I just I don't got good feelings about this one. All right, how about Trey Tucker on uh, Twitter? Shane, he's asked yes, he great questions every week. Bigger coaching mistake, hiring Dan Enos mm-hmm. or Zach Arnett trying to switch up from the air raid? I think it's hiring Dan Enos. Because we yeah. said this many times, but Zach Arnett switching from the air raid, you know, it looks disastrous now because it, it clearly is not working what they're doing. But as, as good as Mike Leach was, I mean, it was the defense that's been holding Mississippi State together yeah. his final season. I mean, the, the offense was not good. Right now they had personnel that fit it, so maybe it was a mistake to go away from it. But I, th- I think the big the the bigger mistake was hiring Daninos. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I mean, yeah, it just I felt like that was going to be a good handoff, you know, a good relationship between KJ and mm. you know at the start rocket. Now I know he was banged up and everything, but just again, it felt like you had all these cool toys and you just didn't do it right. You know, you couldn't right. put the puzzle together. And, yeah. and, and so, and we're talking about Sam potentially losing his job because of that hire. You right. Know? Right. I, I think you can argue that Zach had it. I mean, he lost his job when he got his job because he was not, I think he was short term anyway. It just escalated yeah. because of incompetence. There. And the defense fell apart too. The strong suit, you know what I'm right. saying? Which is part of the reason we get on to Sam so much because why is the offensive line suck if, if right, the best coach right. is there? So, Well, and Trey always asks a second part. Of course he does. That are, that are always yeah. fun. Yeah, you'll like this one. Will you and Cousin Shane share a Thanksgiving meal and who in the family will put away the most food? <laughs> uh, do you really need to ask that question? I love Thanksgiving. We'll talk about our our fam our, our family meal probably next week, but uh uh I'm looking forward to it. You know, I was I was joking because they putting all these Christmas trees up and it's like, damn, we ain't even you know, we ain't even gonna celebrate Thanksgiving yet. Right. Ah, then we'll get them trees up. I've already pre ordered like a catered meal. Yeah. And this is not even the full spread that we'll that we'll, ha- we'll have. Take a wild guess how much I spent on just just the the food items that I got for a Thanksgiving. Uh, Hundred bucks, two fifty. 
because it's that it means that much to me. And yeah. I want good food, you know. And I don't, don't want to have to cook it. You know what I mean? Well, you do it all, and it's all week long. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. I'm googling on day five. How good's turkey in the fridge? You know. <laughs> all right, last one. I really like this one from Jeff Rawlings on Twitter. What are you going going to miss the most about SEC on CBS? Hmm. Remember, I was humming the tune before we started. And what's your favorite memorable game called from Gary and Brad? Huh. Well, I'll start backwards. Memorable game was the Hail Mary in Georgia. Mm. That was that was a big yeah. Tennessee-Georgia game. It's a tough one to tell. Um, <laughs> that one, I just – I never – it's hard to explain, but there was a ride up to that point. You know, this wasn't Tennessee's first come from behind victory, and mm. and that game in particular. You know, Tennessee thought they had it, then Georgia does their own version of a hail mary with Eason, and then you're like, well, it's over. You know, yeah. then all of a sudden, two plays later, we're 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 back down there throwing a the hail mary to Juwan Jennings. So that will forever. Be my game, um, and I've watched a lot of great games. Um, but the thing I'll miss most about CBS is uh, is the music. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy. That's what I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> Just that jingle is is it? It is college football. It is SEC football. It is the game of the week. So that's going to take some getting used to. Is uh is, is is switching over? You know. Yeah, and this was this wasn't Gary and Brad, but. The kick six, yeah. The prayer at Jordan Hare, those were both CBS ones. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure those stand out to me. But if we're going Gary and Brad, I, yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it with Tennessee Georgia 2016. Yeah. But close second, I really like that 2019 LSU Alabama. It felt yeah. like a national championship yeah. game in November. Yeah, President Trump was there. I mean, it was a spectacle of spectacles, you know, and it was just a. It, that was a hell of a. Do you hear he's coming to South Carolina game? Clemson, apparently. Yeah, I don't know if it's true, but I think so. Yeah, that's what the that's what the rumors are. Mm, Dabo, Dabo's finale. That game just got a little bit more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of interesting, Shay, let's kick it over to this interview. Carter Carls, Gigum two four seven. Talk uh, Jimbo Fisher getting fired and uh, the search there at Texas A and M. All right, so hey, for the first time, we got Carter Carls from Gigum 247, of course, obviously part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, Carter, I, I was on your show about a week or two ago, and you, and you were making a case for why Jimbo may return, but I was like, you got to get rid of this guy. It, thankfully, they made the right decision. Uh, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm with you. It was the right decision, for sure. Yeah, so I, I mean – no surprise whatsoever, I would imagine. I, I know I, I listened to one of your recent uh, podcasts where you broke it down. I, I guess maybe the timing more than anything, but uh, there, would there have been a, a revolt among uh, the 12th man had, had Jimbo come back for another year? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think so many people were out on him. Uh, and, and I mean, going into the season, there was already a lot of skepticism among the fan base and since that Miami loss, it, it really just started to go downhill. Then you lost these, you know, all these one score games to Bama and Ole Miss and Tennessee. It, like Ross Bjork said, the athletic director at AM, this program was stuck in neutral. Um, it didn't really seem like this was going to go back in a great direction. And really, ever since the 2021 season, it started to kind of spiral downward. And, 
it felt like there was no recovering. And, and yeah, I, I just the biggest thing is the underutilization of talent, underachievement. You have one of the more talented rosters in the country, and you're losing to Ole Miss, you're losing to Tennessee, you're going eight and four. Five of the six seasons that he was at AM, you had four plus losses. And when you're paying someone that much and when you have the talent that they have and on all the resources, that's just not good enough. So it right. made sense and it, it really there was no reason to believe that it was going to get better. Yeah, it really hit hope for me, Carter, when I was uh I'm trying to think it was Tennessee week where uh, A&M came to Tennessee and I, I was on fine bomb and I was just trolling Jimbo the whole time. And there was a bunch of Aggies there. They were agreeing with me. I was like, all right, this guy's in trouble. So uh, let me ask you this, right? Cause I know I want to ask you about the job in just a second, but has the Jimbo Fisher era has, has that lowered the expectations at all for the next coach? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Well, there's two ways to look at it. And, and on one hand, a little bit, just because you're going to be paying this guy $7.2 million every year until 2031. You're also going to be paying him the initial about $19 million here within the next 60 days. So, you know, that's that's not going to allow you to just buy the next coach and, and get $10 million a year guaranteed uh, and get whatever coach you want. That's just not going to happen most likely at least. And so expectation wise, I, I think the thought of like a home run hire, getting like a Dan Lanning type, it's just, that could be really difficult to achieve here. Uh, as far as just expectations from a general standpoint though, you know, there's this kind of narrative of like, Oh, A&M should know its place. They haven't won since 1939. They've had a lot of, you know, I think one 10 win season since, 1999, I want to say, um, they shouldn't expect this. And I just push back against that. First of all, A&M has been a much different program since Johnny Manziel was on campus. Where they are now is a completely different athletic department, uh, you know, in 1986. So trying to make a comparison there, I just don't think that's fair. And then also, I mean, just look at it. Every year, they're top two. It's like them in Texas as far as how much you know revenue they bring in. Uh, their donors are, I mean, $76.8 million buyout. That, that speaks enough volumes. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like when you have this money, these resources, when you're an hour and a half from Houston, the one of the hottest recruiting beds in the country, how can you not say, yeah, this should be, you know, a college football playoff contender every year. That should be the expectation. You know, there's some people that act like A&M is Syracuse or something, and I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, they, this program has so much that other programs do not. Right. So you, you may have kind of already answered this, but can you make the case for why Texas A&M is an elite job? And, and when I say elite, uh, I'm saying – you know, hovering in the, the top 10 to top 15 range with potential to be even better. And, and in a next season, when we move into the 12 team playoff format, not that the expectation is every year, because I, I, I think short of two or three programs, I, I don't think it's realistic to, to make the playoff every year, but to at least be in the, the conversation come November to be in the 12 team discussion 
Uh, do you do you believe that's where Texas A&M should be? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, Jimbo Fisher did give a little bit of a, br- a blueprint as far as you can recruit a number one class here in the country. You can get top five classes every single year. It's not like you're struggling to recruit here. And then you can also be one of the highest paid coaches in the country. You could also have a crazy buyout uh, if things uh, go go your direction. So, and what are the most important things in college football? It's money and acquiring talent. And at AM, you can do both. And then facilities wise, there are not a lot of places that are as great as Kyle Field. Uh, $500 million uh, renovation. Uh, you can see 110,000 fans in there. Um, I know AM fans were trolling Oregon the other day because they were bragging about how they had 55,000. Uh, fans against Utah and they're like really that's it that, that's about half of what we got so you know that you don't get all those things at a lot of other places and so uh, if you can get the talent you have the money you have the facilities why not why can't you be it's just you know SEC you know it, it's so dang hard to do it year in and year out so until there's a proof of concept I understand why people are skeptical and that's why they need to make this higher right because man it, they got to figure it out. Like it's been taking way too long. You know, I, I know Georgia fans had to feel similarly before they had their big run of like, how is this not happening? And I think that's where A&M is at a little bit right now. Yeah. Are you anticipating uh, a mass exodus of any of the, the players via the portal? And, and uh, I know A&M's had a, a pretty strong recruiting class. Uh, but do you anticipate them being able to hold that together? Is Ross Bjork in the, in the current staff, are they work? I have to imagine they're working overtime to to kind of keep this thing together. Yeah, I think that was one benefit of making the the firing now is instead of kind of blindsiding them after the season and you know boom the portal opens, you can kind of have time. Now I know they can enter the portal now, but they do have time to kind of you know recalibrate and, and figure things out. This is Abilene Christian this week. So it, it's kind of like a bye week where they can kind of have these discussions. You know, Elijah Robinson, the interim head coach said that he hadn't had a lot of discussions with <clears throat> the players yet about leaving. I know they have one guy in the transfer portal, a, a true freshman receiver, Raymond Cottrell. Um, and they haven't lost any commits since uh, the firing. So, so far it's been, so far it's been good. Now, are there going to be people who leave? You know, absolutely. There will be every year. But I do think it's a little too early to tell at this point, especially because these kids don't know who their coach will be yet. And so, you know, I think another important thing will be Elijah Robinson, this interim head coach. It was a really important thing for AM to promote this guy because he's the most beloved coach on the staff. He's the best recruiter on the staff. He's kind of like the Brian Hartline uh, of Texas A&M. So um, if he can be retained, I think that could be really important to keeping a Walter Nolan and, and, and keeping a, you know, Shamar Stewart, you know, those kind of guys. Um, he's a associate head coach, co-defensive coordinator. So he, he's, he's also just close with a lot of players on the team on both sides of the ball. So I'm curious to see if he's retained because I do think that would help them retain a lot of their guys. Any shot at all, or maybe this is too premature to even ask, but any chance that he is named uh, the next head coach if, you know, obviously they'd have to win big over Abilene and, and pull an upset on the road at LSU. But we, 
maybe this is a wrong time to make these examples, but we have seen similar, you know, Coach O won a national championship, uh, Beamer, it, you know, he's kind of that model at South Carolina, Pittman at Arkansas. P people have had success with a, with a more CEO recruiter type head coach. I know that's, that's probably not the name anyone's wanting at this point in time, but is there any shot that, that maybe A&M goes that way and, and, and maybe they land like two outstanding coordinators to pair with them? It's funny, after his press conference on Monday, all these A&M fans were like, man, maybe we should take a look at him because he is an impressive guy who is personable and just really big on relationships. Players love him. Uh, I remember back when Notre Dame elevated Marcus Freeman, a lot of the reason was because like, he was so beloved by the players there. Uh, so uh, I don't, I'm not going to rule anything out, but I don't think it's going to happen just because I think just from what I've heard so far, A&M is really focused on getting a current head coach. That is kind of the idea. They, I think they want somebody, you know, they always say like when you break up with your girlfriend, you're always looking for the opposite of, of who, who she is. Maybe if you're dating a blonde, the next one will be a brunette. So I think with Jimbo, it's kind of like, okay, we want someone who has a more disciplined program and, and has experience kind of doing that. Um, we want to have somebody who, you know, coaches special teams and has a special teams coach uh, instead of not having one uh, under Fisher. And, and so, you know, all these little different things, being more aggressive, right? Uh, and, and so, but from what we've heard so far, it has been, hey, a head coach, someone who has experience doing it, I think that the program is in a bit of a not a crisis mode, but like a they need stability. They need somebody that can re reassure guys that like, hey, we can still turn this around pretty quickly. We still got all the pieces to, you know, make this a great program in 2024 and beyond. So they do need somebody who has experience and the proof of concept uh, that and and has done that. Yeah, I don't know about you, Carter, but I don't have experience breaking up with, with girlfriends. They always break up with me, but that's that's another conversation for another day. How about, uh, you know, I, I always think it's silly with, uh, you know, you see the hot board, and I understand, you know, this this has to be done because this is what fans want. They want to, they love these names thrown out there, but I don't, I, it's almost never th these early names that people mention or, and, and say, you know, they, they'd be a good fit or, or Dan Lanning, like you said, I mean, Lane Kiffin, what have you, but Let's just live in a fantasy world here where Ross Bjork calls you up, Carter. Who is the perfect hire that is, that is a realistic candidate for Texas A&M? And, and it could be anybody. It could be an NFL coach, could be an assistant, G5. I, I don't really care. But who do you think would be the perfect hire to, to get A&M where they need to get? Okay, I'm going to give you two, two different ones. Uh, one, I'm a little biased here because I used to cover his program at Florida State. Mike Norvell... Uh, I, I covered them last year before I got here. I was just highly impressed with the guy. He, he has everything you'd want. I mean, I think he might have a future as an NFL head coach one day. I think he's a top five head coach in the game. I know they pay him about six or seven million a year. So I, I, I don't know if he's quite attainable for him. I don't know if he'd want to leave there. He's in the middle of a playoff run. So logistics of it don't make sense. But the biggest thing with him that I was impressed by was just his culture and his discipline and how, you know, they didn't have, I don't think in his time there, they've had a player who's gotten arrested. I don't think they've, you know, had many guys just leave the portal in the last couple of years. They've been so good at the portal too. That's been their big thing. 
Last year, uh, 10 of their players were all ACC, uh, were transfers, 10 of them. So uh, under Jimbo Fisher, what what did he lack? Didn't do the transfer portal, didn't have a very disciplined team, was very conservative, archaic offense. Mike Norvell is kind of the – he's the different girlfriend that I've been mentioning. Uh, and and I just think he knows how to put a staff together. He's won at multiple spots, Memphis as well. Um, and he, he's from Texas. He, he is from the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. I know he still has a brother who lives there. His his uh, wife has family in Arkansas. So it, he has experience in the area. He obviously has recruiting ties to the South. Uh, the other guy, and this is a total long shot, um, and I don't know how it would work. I just think it, it, it's the home run that, that A&M fans could think about is Dan Campbell because, uh, you know, again, I don't see it happening. I still think A&M wants to have a college head coach who has experience doing that. Um, but Dan Campbell played tight end for Texas A&M. He's an Aggie through and through. He's from Glen Rose, Texas. Loves this school. Uh, loves this program. And, you know, you watch him on the Lions, and he is just like the most beloved head coach that the NFL's had in forever. So. <laughs> He, he would be the most loved A&M coach ever, like no question about it, um, you know, unless he, he goes eight and five. But uh, I think he'd be the most <laughs> loved coach ever, and uh, that's the reason why he'd be the, the other guy I'd mention. Yeah, and he'd be great for content. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, let me uh, – I'm I just curious. What's your thoughts on, uh, you know, the, the fans over there at Gigum 247? What are they more interested in, a big name, or do they want like a rising, you know, maybe maybe the next breakout star? What, what's your read on, on just what your your listeners, uh, wh- what kind of candidate they're more interested in? Man, these guys are so like just want everything, and it's it's <laughs> it's so hard to please them. Uh, they all they hate everything about everyone, uh, but. <laughs> The two big names we've heard all along has been Mike Elko at Duke and Jeff Trailer at UTSA. I'm not going to call it a two-horse race so far. I think there's still a lot to play out, some other names that are being floated around. But with both of those guys, A&M fans are like, eh, eh, could do better than that. You know, Duke head coach, UTSA head coach, could do better. You know, people love Dan Lanning. Um Kalen DeBoer at Washington was some someone that that a lot of fans have been talking about. Um, Lynn Schumann at Georgia was someone people were talking about. But I just don't know if if those guys are going to happen. I mean, we saw Dan Lanning's press conference. That, that was about as emphatic of a response as you're going to see uh, declining, you know, a job opportunity um, this day and age. But yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty picky. These candidates that kind of make sense, but just aren't God's gift to this earth yet. They're they're kind of picky about them. I get it. I mean, they're just so nervous that they want things to to go right after what they've experienced the last couple of years. But hey, I think there's a lot to like in both of those guys, and I don't know if they'd be that bad for AM. I'm just thankful you didn't say Urban Meyer because that. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Let's not sell our souls here for a for a championship. You know what? No, no. Everyone, there's like one poster every day that either says Urban Meyer or Deion Sanders, and I just have to be like, <laughs> no, dude. 
put the drink down, chill out. <laughs> like that is not happening. And A&M would not want that to happen. All right. Final thing for you, Carter, really appreciate your time. But can you give us uh, just an educated guess on a timeline for a hire? Is it, I mean, I almost have to imagine they made the decision to fire Jimbo when they did so that they can get a coach in here uh, for recruiting. And obviously what's so important now is, is the transfer portal window. Do you anticipate we will have a head coach at A&M by, uh, and I apologize, I don't know the timeline. Is it December 1, December 4th, something like that? Is the, whenever the portal opens, will, will A&M have a coach, do you think? December 4th is when it opens, a 30-day period. Uh, I believe they will have one before then. The LSU game, uh, what is that, the 25th? Um, so I think it'll be after the LSU game and before uh, before that December 4th period. That's that's kind of the timeline that I'm you know, hearing so far. Right, yeah, because you just – I mean, I, you just set yourself back so far – I mean, we're worried about this roster potentially getting ravaged. It it will if there's no direction and there's no coach in there. So I, I hope for your sake, I'm, I'm a Tennessee grad. We've had a couple where we've had about eight candidates pass on a job. Let's. I'm hoping for your sake that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it's going to be a crazy next few weeks. I, I mean, teams are already bit, have been kind of circling this A&M roster like sharks illegally you know looking through like hey is this guy interested in leaving and so i think it is very critical that a&m makes the right hire not just for the long-term future but the short term of retaining this roster because look next season you don't play georgia you don't play bama your three biggest games texas lsu and notre dame are all at home and then you got the 12 team playoff so if you make the right hire I mean, we've seen this before, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, right? You get that higher right, you can win 11 games next year or 10 games even and make the playoff. So, you know, I think A&M has a real chance here to make a splash that will make an immediate impact. Yeah. Well, hey, Carter, I really appreciate your time. Before you go, can you tell my audience, how can they follow you? How can they find your work? Yes, sir. Gigum247.com is where you can find our work. And then uh, at Carter Carls, it's a weird spelling, K-A-R-E-L-S. People like to say Carols, but it's Carls, and that's where you find me on X. On X. I, I, I keep saying Twitter, and I don't know what I'm supposed to call it now, but I'll just say X. Yeah. All right. Uh, appreciate you, Carl, for joining the show for the first time. It was an outstanding interview. And, uh, yeah, man, this is a loaded show. Yeah. Great one here. Finished strong going into the – well, we're not quite to the weekend yet, but uh, – one more show, and then it'll be a live show, kind of, sort of. You want to uh, tell the audience <laughs> yeah, what's up with I've that? Yeah, I've got some stuff. i got a thing going on, and uh, I won't elaborate. I'll be all right. But uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to do the live show tomorrow, so I'm going to go ahead and get our picks in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dynamite. They're, they're loaded, so you're going to love that. Professor Shane's on a heater here. <laughs> and, uh, again, I won't be able to – join you quote unquote live but uh for the listeners at home this will come out friday as normal my picks against mike's picks so we we, we got some good stuff well actually you. your picks will be live because i'll be going live thursday seven o'clock okay as usual hmm. but and you'll be there in spirit or, yeah, in spirit yeah yeah so be on the lookout it's gonna be something I'm gonna try. You know to- what? Just show up <laughs> yeah. Thursday at seven on the YouTube channel. If you're not on YouTube, 
I tell you, we're so close. We're getting close to 20,000, Mike. That's like our, we wanted by the end of the season to get there. And, and, uh, if you got the YouTube app, just jump on there, that SEC podcast, hit the subscribe button. It means the world to us. Um, and, and we'd like to get to that number before the end of the season. Yeah. And, uh, because we plan on doing more stuff. Um, we, we'll, we'll get into more of that in the off season, but we, we want to do some cool stuff, uh, for you guys, more geared toward the video side. And, uh, you know, you'll be notified as long as you have your notifications on. So, yep. so get on there, hit the subscription button. Uh, and if you don't, if you do that and do your five-star review, don't forget, screenshot both of those, email it to that SEC podcast at gmail.com, and you get yourself a beer koozie, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's only taking you a couple of years, but you, you nailed that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I appreciate you. As always, appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.